0: To get more out of this podcast, head over to Nebula, the creator-owned streaming service where you can get more episodes ad-free and earlier than everybody else, plus bonus content and exclusive series by myself and more than 130 other top-tier educational creators, many of whom I've interviewed on this podcast. You can sign up for Nebula by clicking on the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversationswithjoe. You can sign up for Nebula by clicking on the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe. It not only helps support the podcast, it furthers our mission of building a platform that focuses on content that matters.
1: But as a kid, I thought like, oh, no, there are these rules and they just can't break them. They just like the cops will never shoot in an innocent person. It just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And now I'm getting older and I'm realizing how this system works um, and how sometimes it doesn't work. And I almost feel like a pawn sometimes when I think about some of the things I taught in class when I was a teacher Mm. or uh, when I was a veteran. I mean, Mm. not a, I am a veteran when I was, (laughs) when I was a, a, (laughs) when I was I renounce uh... my veteranship. (laughs) When I was in the army, you know, I, I, I look back on that and I'm, and I wonder, like, I feel like I was duped sometimes. Mm. Um, That's heavy. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah.
0: I am a science communicator. Actually, let me rephrase that. I'm an accidental science communicator who wanted to be a comedian and storyteller, but somehow my focus shifted to nerdy science stuff. That became my wheelhouse. That's my comfort zone. Early on in the channel, when I was going for comedy, I would get into social commentary a bit because that goes hand in hand with comedy sometimes, and every once in a while I just had something to say, damn it! Uh, But I got away from that, and while my politics definitely creep out in videos from time to time, because sometimes science and public policy collide, uh, like in the case of a global pandemic, cough, cough, uh, but for the most part I keep my political views close to my chest because it's not really what my channel is about, and let's face it, it's a minefield and my comments are crazy enough as it is. So... I stick to what I'm comfortable with. But today I'm talking to somebody who does openly share his political views and does do mostly social commentary on his YouTube channel, Knowing Better. He prefers to keep his real name private for reasons we talk about in the conversation, so I'll refer to him here as KB. KB is an Army veteran who served in the Iraq War, and what I think is interesting about him is that he's somebody who's gone through some major worldview shifts in his life, guided by his experiences in war and through years of covering social topics and working with other creators in that space. So he kind of understands both sides of these debates better than most, because at various points in his life, he's held beliefs on both sides of the argument. So in today's conversation, you'll hear a lot of shop talk between two YouTubers about what it's like doing what we do, uh, plus the differences in covering different genres of content that we do. But we also get into some pretty political stuff. I'll come out and say it right now. Some of you might not like some of the stuff in this episode. We talk about some very difficult topics, and I'm not going to lie, some of this makes me really uncomfortable to talk about publicly. This is not in my comfort zone at all. Um, But these are the kinds of difficult conversations that we probably need to be having. So maybe me stepping outside my comfort zone can spark some similar conversations for you guys. Or leave you screaming at your dashboard and sending me emails in all caps. I guess we'll see either way. There's some really interesting stuff in here and I really enjoy talking to him. In fact, we enjoyed it so much. We went a lot longer than I meant to, this is a bit of a longer episode. So maybe I should stop talking and just jump right into my conversation with knowing better. So we've met before. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah. At, at VidCon at VidCon. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, um. Yeah. We were at that standard party. Yeah. And somehow I wound up, Chatting with you and then um Natalie Wynn steps up and is talking to us. And yeah. I was like, Oh my god, there's Natalie Wynn. <laughs> it's Natalie Wynn. I mean, no offense to you. It's like, well, the cool. Answer, oh no, no, no.
1: That's yeah, that was that's pretty much my reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like be cool, be cool. Yep. Don't say something dumb. I just said something dumb. Never fails. I feel um, that
1: way about a lot of uh well okay i shouldn't say a lot but some of the people in standard anyway i feel like they're just <laughs> on a on a different plane than the yeah. rest of us so
0: it feels like it sometimes that's what's fun about vidcon though you just kind of like wind up randomly talking to somebody and you're like i've been watching this guy for years this is crazy you know and, it, and it's funny because like as as your channel grows people start to look at you that way yes have you have you experienced that
1: oh yeah 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 Um, Yeah. i've definitely been on both sides of the parasocial relationship now Uh um i guess there's like three phases of it right um when you're a fan just watching youtubers and they're just all sort of youtubers Uh um and then when you're just starting out on youtube and you're like um first meeting uh other YouTubers at VidCon, whoever it is that you think is big, Vsauce, CGP Grey, mm. whatever, but you're just a tiny person. So, <laughs> you know, they don't care. Um, and then once you get up to a certain level, you know, silver play button or whatever, it kind of feels like you've made it mm. uh, and you have a very different perspective on it. But through each phase of that, you experience the the parasocial uh, aspect a little differently. Um, and now that I'm uh, established, uh, I get I have some weird fans for sure. Um, but also <laughs> um, very small creators reach out to me in the same way that I did, yeah you know to the people who i I look up to. Uh, and that's a that's definitely a strange experience to be asked like, hey, how should I do this? and uh, and I'm like i' i'm I'm asking him how to do this. what do you don't <laughs> yeah, don't come yeah. to me. Um, it's a head trip yeah yeah so it's um it's interesting to to kind of reflect on those different phases of of the parasocial relationship
0: yeah i did um i think i've been to vidcon four times five times now um i think i first started in like 2015 and of course the last two they didn't have or it wasn't you know in person or anything but uh I, I I, totally fangirled out on uh, Destin from Smarter Every Day. Uh, he was literally just standing at the top of an escalator, having a conversation with somebody minding his own business. And and I walked by, I was like, oh my God, I'm your big out. I don't watch your channel. And then I walked away like, did I really just do that? Oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Seriously? I, I can
1: definitely see why um, Having having been through the different phases of it, I can see why. Um, the big people, the huge like million sub well you're a million sub person. now the 10 million sub like people, yeah. um, why they don't really interact with fans because it's just imagining what I have times a hundred or whatever, yeah. it, I I see why they kind of stay hidden and they only go to like the standard party
0: yeah. or
1: or like somewhat exclusive events rather than just going out on the floor. Um, cause some fans are creepy. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've experienced that yourself, well, yeah, but, had
0: some, but yeah. uh,
1: I, I definitely have some stalkerish type fans that, uh, I have to keep an eye out for. Um, so
0: I had, yeah, I don't talk publicly very much about it, but I had an experience like that earlier this year. Yeah. Early that, yeah, earlier this year. And it, um, it kind of shut me down a little bit. I mean, I didn't stop posting videos, but I certainly, um, I don't share as much personal stuff as I used to. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. never put like my address up there or anything like yeah. that, but you know, I, I I definitely don't talk openly about things that I'm going through. Like I've got a second channel. It's called it's called Joe Scott TMI, but um, the whole idea of it was, it was something I could literally just like press record and no editing or anything, just no script, just talk about whatever. And, and I would do that and I would talk about, Personal things that I was going through, and you know, during the pandemic and everything, I was kind of sharing my experience of that and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I've only posted like a few times this year, and that's partly because mm-hmm. I had a pretty interesting situation develop, you know, with uh, somebody getting a hold of my phone number and calling me. And
1: yes, know. I've definitely had the the weird fans um, find landmarks in old videos that's why I don't film outside anymore Mm -hmm. and people ask me that all the time why don't you go outside I used to you know go to the park or go to some bridge or whatever it is Mm -hmm. as a backdrop Um, but people figured out where I lived and and this was back when I had like a few hundred subscribers and I was like this is yeah like this is happening already that's cultivated weirdos
0: early on (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite early, um, so I stopped filming outside. Uh, and there's, of course, all I don't I don't uh, give I don't use my real name. Um, yeah. I'm knowing better or KB. People call me that mm-hmm. um, because uh, well, here's another. I don't answer most emails yeah. or or Twitter DMs or anything like that. I read them for sure, mm-hmm. um, but I've learned that answering any question it doesn't matter what it is it could be what was your source on this what kind of camera do you use uh can you clarify this point anything like that anything i answer uh, opens the door to them telling me their whole life story and asking me to fix their problems mm-hmm. um it, it's
0: never just a question it's always a yes. conversation starter <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. yeah
1: it's never just like oh here's the source oh thanks <laughs> um, have a nice it, day <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> I'm, of course, I'm probably uh, not remembering the times where it is, where it was that way, super simple, but there's been enough of those where it's turned into a, a two week long conversation where I'm like, how am I ever going to stop? They're asking mm-hmm. uh, to meet up and I'm like, oh no. So I've just stopped yeah. doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, like I, I want, I want to be the guy that responds to all of them yeah. and, is, yeah. and is approachable and what is it that somebody coined this phrase and I'm going to murder it and not give credit, but it's something like you become famous on YouTube for being uh, authentic and approachable and like everybody else. Yeah. Then once you get to a certain point, you can't be that way anymore. And then everybody hates you. Yeah. Like the very people that wanted you to become famous now hate you for being famous, you know? Yes, and it's just like,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, I remember feeling that way about musicians when I was a kid. Like mm. finding a, a band that's that's still kind of indie and then they make it and you're like, ah. Yeah, you know? screw them, they sold
0: out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the VidCon thing, um, it, it's funny that you say that about how like the really big YouTubers, they don't really go to VidCon anymore. Yeah. You know, like they go there, but they don't go there. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there there's an episode of Frasier that I feel like perfectly encapsulates the vidcon experience especially going one year after another um and, and yes i'm super white and
1: watch fraser every once in a while but i haven't watched that in forever so okay I here we go every <laughs> once in a while
0: it's like it's like a warm blanket it's just like a it's just yeah anyway. <laughs> um but anyway there's an episode where fraser and niles uh find out about this spa i'll call it a spa i guess club whatever And it's really exclusive. And they just like, Oh, we have to get in there. We have to, you know, be a part of the mucky mucks and everything. So they get in there and it's, everything is glorious. And they've never felt this level of relaxation ever before in their lives. And then, and they're just going on about it. And then like somebody walks out of a gold door and they're like, wait, what's that? And they find out there's a level above that, that, that you know and now this is garbage this is the worst i i am insulted by the level of treatment that i'm getting and so they like do everything and they they twist arms and whatever to get into the gold level and then they get in there and and then they find out there's a diamond level
1: yeah yeah and it's just
0: like oh no we have to you know and then they eventually wind up like yeah yeah they they eventually wind up just like out in an alley because they mistook the door for an exit door anyway but but you uh the same way because like i guess level zero would be not going at all And then there's like the first level that's community and then there's creator and then there's industry so like the first time i ever went i went as a creator and then the next time i was actually working for a guy so i went uh in the industry level and then and then when you're at the industry level like this is the top level and then there's like oh no there's all these parties that you have to be like represented in some way to get in there and stuff so there's still this other level (laughs) and then you go to that and then like the ultimate level it's like you just said people like going to VidCon but not going to VidCon, they just hang out at a yeah. house somewhere and
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and so you're right back where you started really because you're not actually going into the yeah. events.
1: The first VidCon I went to, um I went as a creator and this was back when I had maybe 3000 subscribers or something, I was still quite small. Mm-hmm. Um but that's your first VidCon is when you learn about all of the the special parties that you're not invited to and all the wristbands that you don't have.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. so it's it it becomes a quest to get as many wristbands as yeah. you can. And
0: you see some guy with them all the way up the arm, like, who is that
1: guy? <laughs> really special person. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: it's not always about like how big your channel is. I've seen it it is sort of like an inner circle thing. There are people oh, who yeah, are for all sure. connected yeah. in VidCon. And uh the, actually the last time I went, and this is very not my best side but uh i'm having a conversation with a couple of people that i'd met before and we're just kind of catching up and then they got to go into this like vip area that i couldn't go to but their channels are like half the size of mine and i'm like hey i'm i'm good enough and i just felt so <laughs> insulted and it shouldn't be about that but
1: no. yeah <laughs> there's a, a lot of, of that on a
0: peg or two. there's
1: a lot of that especially um when it comes to who's in standard or we create edu or all of the other little groups uh it becomes a it's almost like uh you know those british lords that have all the letters after your name like you have to <laughs> like which groups are you part of and yeah. when you're first starting out you feel like i'm not part of any so i'm not important enough and nobody i'm not getting invited to anything um yeah. so it, youtube like most industries is a who, you know, get your connections, get invited to stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and it's supposed to be this open thing. It's YouTube. Anybody can get on there and, and you know, and, and it's, it's definitely still, possible it's to know.
1: it's possible to make it on your own, but it's very difficult um, without friends and connections, not like a, an insider at YouTube, but just other YouTubers who can tell you what you're doing wrong or, yeah. um, or, or, perhaps shout you out if although i will say um now that i'm a a larger channel i've learned how somewhat insignificant shout outs are yeah um even at at my size uh if i shout someone out it well first of all it has to be like a direct collaboration where they're in my video if i just say hey check this person out nobody's gonna go that's Mm. I I might as well have not said anything. Um, But if it's like a a collaboration where they're in my video and I'm in theirs, there's like a one or 2% crossover. So of the hundred thousand people who watch my video, one or 2000 will go over. Um, So when people ask me for shout outs, like, oh, please, it'll really jumpstart my channel. Like, I don't think it's going to be as good as you think it is. Like you'll you'll maybe get a thousand out of it and then that's it um and that's have you done that's a lot some...
0: of uh collabs and stuff
1: uh so I don't do them as often anymore just because yeah. uh, my videos are uh longer and um I also uh I procrastinate a lot so it's it's hard <laughs> to it's hard to be like hey can you do this in a week because yeah. my video is coming out um, but occasionally, um, I've, I've been working on a video long enough to be able to um, actually do a collaboration. And uh, I've done two or three of them this year. Um, like the Ancient Aliens video I did um, had Alternate History Hub, of course. I mean, I, oh, I yeah, couldn't, yeah. couldn't think of a better collaboration for that one. Um, and oh, geez, I'm forgetting a few of them. Um, I did a collaboration with J.J. McCullough on the libertarianism video. Hmm. Um and the Starship Troopers video I just did also mm. um had alternate history hub and uh not just bikes. He was reading um some quotes for me. Oh yeah. Um,
0: okay.
1: But yeah the collaborations like those are well I guess the Starship Troopers one didn't count as much because I was like just say this and I'll I'll do all the work. <laughs> um, but the Ancient Aliens one was the last one where it was like you do 10 minutes or whatever and I'll do. And then we switched over. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're a lot harder to plan out. Um, then one might imagine, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, when you're dealing with different time zones and we're all adults, it's hard enough just yeah. to meet up for a drink or whatever. Uh, so like working on a, on a similar project is quite difficult. Um, but I do it on yeah. occasion. I've,
0: I have not focused on that at all. And it's one of those things that like, uh, you know, when you're first starting out and everybody's giving you advice, that's one of the things I always say, do collabs, you know, uh, mess around with other creators and stuff. And, and and like we were saying a second ago, it's good to know other people. If nothing else, just because this is such an isolating
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: career, you know, like there's not a lot of people that, do, none of my personal friends do this. And, and it's just like all I freaking do. And so whenever we get together, I just don't even know how to talk to people anymore you know i'm just like uh, I'm about-. see see we're doing this and all we're talking about is youtube because that's like all i all i do but yeah. um i think it's good to to know other creators and that's why it's good to go to things like vidcon and whatnot but um I'm there are diminishing really
1: returns on going to vidcon though true uh, yeah the more you go it's like okay it's the same stuff I, like there, i there's really no reason to go to talks for me anymore right um, yeah unless it's some super rare thing like i don't go to just how to do your audio yeah no. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> i need to learn which place to pl- plug that thing into let me go sit in on the seminar no you're right i mean like the first few times i first maybe a couple times i went i would go to all those like panel discussions and stuff and yeah i had a full day planned out <laughs> yeah oh yeah exactly yeah i'm gonna go to this and then and then after a while it just becomes about you Know just reconnecting with people you might have yeah. met last year, and but that's why I think it's important to go if you are small, Is like you get hooked up with other people, and as they grow, you can kind of grow with them and, and whatnot. But yeah, um, I know it's funny in a way, I kind of miss VidCon, and in a way, I kind of don't. <laughs> I, I don't miss the people, content, you know,
1: yeah, I miss the coming together every few months, it seems like we did, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I don't miss like oh, I really, I I need to learn how to optimize my analytics or anything. Like that's, none of that stuff is useful to me anymore. Uh, Especially because at this point I've kind of learned that a lot of these people also don't know. And they're just sort of, (laughs)
0: well, and it works different for everybody. You know, what one person does is not the same for you. And I used to always say that, like people would go, oh, Marquez Brownlee does this thing. So I'm going to do that. Or Linus tech tips, you know, these people with like 10 million subscribers. And I'm like, they live in a different planet than you do
1: yeah, yeah the rules
0: are different for them than they are for you like yeah. you can't get away with the same things like
1: one do. of the main one of the main rules i remember hearing is consistency you need to have a consistent upload schedule mm-hmm. like whether it's every two weeks or every month you need to have consistent look at cgp gray or contra points or any of those they don't have an upload schedule and they do fine like once you reach once you cross right. a certain barrier. The rules no longer apply, really, yeah. and you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm like not there Vsauce, yet. I don't think.
0: If beef sauce puts out a video right now, it's an event. Yes. It's yeah. Like everyone deal. stops what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that would not be the case for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> me neither. Um, now, having yeah, said that, lot. I've
0: been very ad- adamant about the consistency thing. Like, I I put out every Monday mm. videos. Should clarify videos. Um, But I I really feel like that helped my channel grow in in a lot of ways. If nothing else, it just becomes a part of people's routine and they know to look for it. And then you get that sort of view velocity when you first put it up because everybody's kind of looking for waiting. Yeah. um, So that is one of my biggest pieces of advice. Plus, you just like learn how to create efficiencies and get more, you know, strategic or whatever. But
1: yeah. yeah, Anyway, Um, another point I wanted to kind of talk about with the collaborations thing is uh, I don't do them as often anymore because of something you brought up uh, earlier, and that's the uh, being canceled sort of thing. Oh, um, you kind of have to watch who you're working with because there is a kind of guilt by association mm-hmm. uh, uh, on the internet, um, <clears throat> whether you uh, like it or not. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, and I still deal with that. Oh, you know, why did you have this person do a voice once three years ago? Um, And it's because three years ago, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about, well, how, how, how will this, this person's actions affect my channel in the future, including actions I don't know about that kind of stuff.
0: Or actions that happened after you did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then, yeah,
0: actually, as I started doing this podcast, that's, that was one of my big worries. That's still something I worry about a little bit is like, I want to get interesting people on here, but sometimes interesting people are have controversial. Done interesting <laughs> things, you know, and I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that that's going to blow back on me at some point,
1: you know, it could, <laughs> it could. Yeah. um, in the beginning, uh, the, my biggest problem was I would collaborate with people who would then uh, quit and just disappear. (laughs) Um, so I have all these people who've read quotes for me in the past, whose their channels don't exist anymore, or I've shouted them out and they don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so those, those are kind of, um, a bummer to me, but it has informed my, uh, kind of rules going forward uh if some if i want to collab with someone it has to be with someone i think is going to be around in a year or two and is not going to go on a racist rant or or come out with a video about the jews or whatever like just you know you have to think about especially in the for in a history and politics realm sure um i have to be mindful of that um though you know I am not without controversy myself. Um, when, when it comes to, um, the Columbus video anyway, oh. um, that has always, um, sort of been a dark cloud that's followed me around. Um, I'm going to get in
0: trouble just for talking to you right now.
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I'm going to get that stink. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I did a Columbus
0: um, video too, a while back, but
1: Oh, but Yours well, says
0: defending Columbus, doesn't yes, it? Yes, I know. Okay, yes. well, that's what gets you in trouble, yeah.
1: Yep, yes, I know. <laughs> um, I, there was a response video to it, um, I want to say two years ago at this point, um, that caused a lot of controversy, um, and I was sort of pushed out of the, the bread tube space um, on, on Reddit <laughs> um, over that. Uh, and I came out with a, um, sort of follow-up video to it that I thought would, uh, help but that just didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've kind of, I kind of backed off from that, but, um, I will say that that experience, um, changed the way I make videos for the better. Um, mm-hmm. because I've had response videos done on me before. Um, usually it's some, right-wing libertarian who it's very easy to kind of just dismiss, Mm. um, like an angry gamer saying that he can actually see in, you know, 8k or whatever. It's it's easy (laughs) to just sort of like ignore those people. Um, but in this case, um, it was someone from like my own side, um, and they were taking my jokes uh, out of context and Mm stuff. Um, so I, I realized I can't do that anymore. I'm I'm to a level where I can't kind of jokingly um, suggest the, I, I can't play devil's advocate as myself um, because then people will take that and say, look what he said, he said this, um, even though the next sentence is, the opposing viewpoint that i actually believe or whatever it is so right, i started yeah. i started creating characters <laughs> that's yeah. that's where that that came to ask about that um yeah the characters uh, were created for those one-off situations where i need to say what an oil executive would think right. about this without saying this is what an oil executive <laughs> like just i just wanted yeah. to have fun with it um so i just created this whole cast of characters, a postal worker, a sheriff, um, the ancient aliens guy, a libertarian, like I just, I probably have like 20 of them now and they do, they do come back every once in a while when, when I want to kind of emphasize a point or just kind of make a joke. Um, but that, that came out of that realization that, um, if I want to be, a, if I want to talk about both sides of an issue, um, I need to present the side I believe as me mm-hmm. and then there needs to be a, another character um, and I, I've made it so that the lights change like there's there's all kinds of cues mm-hmm. so that if I'm ever cut out of context I can be like the light is orange I'm wearing a costume like come on this is <laughs> this is not what I believe um, and so far it's it's worked quite well that's smart um,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, no thanks. it is it's really smart because I, I haven't to the best of my knowledge <laughs> i have not had like a response video calling me out for anything that i'm aware of but i do get um look it, it's part of storytelling that you kind of shift directions you know you present one side and then you present another and yeah, then, oh yeah. here's a piece of information you didn't have before and now it swings it back the other way that's yeah. that's how storytelling works and people don't wait to hear that alternate side of it before That's they get the down worst. in the comments and start flipping <laughs> out at you. And it's like, you uh, the,
1: the worst response videos are the ones where they, they press play and they're watching along with you. And then they pause and they're like, this is ridiculous. I bet he's going to say this, this, and this. And look how wrong he is. And then they press play and I correct, I say exactly what they just said. And they're, and they're never like, oh, oh uh, yeah like I guess I guess I'm wrong and, and he actually covers this okay um or it's 10 minutes later I bring that up um, they never like go back and think or and say uh oh I needed to take the story in whole and not minute by minute um but this response video in particular was quite a deep dive into mm-hmm. my video um and I did uh realize that my portrayal of certain um events uh was inaccurate or uh could have been better anyway mm. uh, i don't think there was anything in the original video where i was like that's just it's just wrong and i need to delete it um because i have taken videos down um when i find out that some major um yeah fact is incorrect or my point, uh, is no longer valid or whatever. Um, but I don't feel that when it comes to, uh, the Columbus video yet. Anyway, um, <laughs> my, my views are, um, definitely shifting and have been, uh, wildly over the last two years, mm-hmm. um, just because of, oh, well, I'm now that I'm doing YouTube full-time for sure. Um, and of course everything is closed um i've just had a lot of time to research the things i want to know more about um before this i only ever read for school um i didn't really read for fun like i didn't i couldn't justify sitting down and reading a book i wanted to read when i was supposed to be reading this book for class right (laughs) um so i just i just never really read for fun um until YouTube. Uh, and lately I've just been, I've been reading a lot about um, the things I, I've always been curious about. Um, so I, I, before COVID, I did this big series of um, all that changed in 1972 about how all, a lot of stuff that we kind of just assume has always been this way didn't happen until 1972 or mm-hmm. 71 around that time the post office, the police, that kind of stuff. Um, and while learning that, a lot of my, a lot of the preconceptions I had, or at least what I was taught about politics and the way the world works, and this is just how it is, uh, I, I realized it hasn't always been this way. and And you changed it dad like like your generation yeah, yeah. is the one that did it um so i'm like well what else what else um ha- am i wrong about um what else is newer than i thought um and you'd be surprised uh at how much it, around us is new and we're still trying to figure it out of course everyone uh, brings up cell phones and the internet mm-hmm. um but The police and the post office, the police didn't exist until the late 1800s, the post office, not until the late 1700s, Like these are all fairly new things um, as school as well. Like that compulsory education. yeah. 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 Like I just had growing up, I always just had this vision of life. Let's say even colonial life that was basically like what we have now minus TV minus radio (laughs) minus the internet. Like, I just sort of subtracted the things I knew didn't exist. Um, So, in my head, like the pilgrims are all living in single family homes. The dad goes to work. The mom stays home and does chores. Like, that's what's going on Mm -hmm. in my head. And that's not at all what life looked like back then. Like, there were 20 people to a house and they're all sleeping in the same bed. Mm -hmm. Everyone got up and worked at the same time. It like, it was very depressing (laughs) really (laughs) when I learn about it. It's uh, I'm like, uh, right now I'm learning about company towns. I'm making a video about company towns. um, And I thought this was going to be a somewhat simple video of, yeah, the company owns the house or the housing they pay you in scrip, and, and isn't that terrible, whatever. You owe your
0: soul to the company store.
1: That's yeah. It. Yeah. Um, but I'm, as I'm learning about it, almost every town in America was a company town. When we started, they were all textile mills or mm-hmm. cotton plantations or whatever. Um, and everyone lived in company housing. You worked a 12 to 14 hour shift. There was a town clock. Everyone went to work at the same time uh there was no alcohol no gambling no dancing like the company controlled your life even your off time because mm-hmm. they owned the town and they said what was allowed inside um so i asked myself like what did these people do in their free time like they climb trees what are they cuz cuz here's the thing books also didn't exist really back then sure we had the printing press but they were they were expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and really the only books that existed were the Bible. That's it. Like Mark Twain wasn't alive yet. Pride and Prejudice hadn't been written. Like n- yeah. books just didn't exist. So everyone just read the Bible. And that's why you have these like religious movements, uh, the Mormons yeah. and Jehovah's Witnesses and all these others um, that are also extremely new. Um, mm-hmm. So just learning this stuff about how drastically life has changed in the last few hundred years and how we are still figuring it out mm-hmm. like like we've we still somehow think you're supposed to work 40 hours a week why because because some company decided that once mm-hmm. and and now we just we're like no we should do this and you should work harder and in english anyway um your entire identity is your job think about how you answer that question. When someone says, what do you do? You say, I am a teacher. I am a YouTuber. It's it's not, I make YouTube videos. It's, this is what I am. This is my my work. Yeah. 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 It's so bizarre to me that, uh, that how new this is and that we're one of the only cultures that does that, uh, English speaking, especially, but America for sure yeah um where we're everything is about work um and if you're not being productive you're you know idle hands are the devil's whatever blah blah um it's it's strange to me and uh i'm starting to question a lot of the stuff i was taught as a kid about how america is the best place ever um because i'm like i I think we made a lot of wrong choices, especially when I look at other countries and how they're dealing with, you know, just how they use the post office or the police. Um, their cops don't have guns and somehow don't get murdered all the time. It's, um, so it's been tough, uh, becoming an adult and realizing that a lot of the stuff I thought as a kid or even into college, um, is incorrect mm-hmm. uh, or oversimplified to the point of being uh, incorrect. Um, and it's I'm like also like folk
0: a... tales that became legends that became yeah. truth or something. E-
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I start examining my own uh, part in that since I was a teacher. And I was also telling people this, like, if you get stopped by the police, if you haven't done anything wrong, just tell them whatever they ask. Like, just. In hindsight, I'm like that's the dumbest thing. Like, no, you get <laughs> no a lawyer. No matter what neighborhood you're in
0: or what you look like, they'll all be fair to you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, oh, it, uh, the you know they're not. Here, here's a, a real simple example. Like freedom of speech. We have this idea in our heads that in the Constitution it says you know you're allowed freedom of speech and therefore you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want. Period. We know that there are some exceptions to that, you know, you can't yell fire or whatever. Um, But when we say something and we get in trouble for it, we're always like, no, it's my freedom. Like if you want to say F Joe Biden or or F Trump or whatever, Mm -hmm. like there are cops that will stop you if you have that on the back of your car. Uh, And they're, they're like, no, it's my freedom of speech. Freedom of speech isn't like some some shield you can use or some like a magic word, magic phrase you can use where the cop is like, Oh, you're right. And they leave it's, they will arrest you. You will be found guilty. You have to appeal, you have to lose the appeal. And then you appeal again to the Supreme court. And that's when they're like, you're right. You can say that. Like most (laughs) people are not going to go through that entire years long process in order to defend their right to say the f word
0: which costs a lot of money
1: yes <laughs> yeah like most people don't do that but as a kid i thought like oh no there are these rules and they just can't break them they just like the cops will never shoot in an inno- innocent person it just doesn't happen mm-hmm. and now i'm getting older and i'm realizing how this system works um and how sometimes it doesn't work uh And I almost feel like a pawn sometimes when I think about some of the things I taught in class when I was a teacher Mm. or, uh, when I was a veteran, I mean, not a, I am a veteran when I was, when I was, when I was, (laughs) when I was in the army, you know, I, I, I look back on that and I'm, and I wonder, like, I feel like I was duped sometimes, Mm. um, that's heavy. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. You serve. Uh, I, I deployed to Iraq You're in, in Iraq, two, okay. yeah, 2009, 2010. Um, so, I, okay, it, the reason I have been thinking about this is I just did a video on Starship Troopers. Yeah, it was, it was um, great, by the way. <laughs> well, it went to
0: places you. I was not expecting. I was like, wow, that's really cool. I, ne- I never looked that far into Starship Troopers before.
1: <laughs> See, it's something, uh, you know, it, it's another one of those things where I can very easily remember how I felt about it. 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, because I still have the homework I wrote. So I have the paper that I wrote in college talking about starship troopers and talking about how I really think this is a good system that we should have and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, we went, actually went over this on my Twitch stream. Um, I pulled up all my old homework and we read few, we read through a few of them. Um,
0: that's brave.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean none of it was like terrible, right? Like I turn this stuff in for a grade. I'm not going to say anything that's going to get me like in, in real trouble. But but there were some definite Political views in there that I'm like, oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so glad YouTube didn't exist back then because I would be a Sargon <laughs> fan for sure. Like, there's just yeah, no way. Yeah. Um, I'm saying how we should invade Iraq because Saddam Hussein has just been annoying for the last few years and stuff like Was that remember, the
0: first one? The first one? Uh, no,
1: this was leading up to the second. Oh, okay, okay. um So I had grown up, you know, all through elementary school and high school with this annual cycle of Saddam Hussein not letting inspectors in and then Mm -hmm. we're going to go to war. No, Mm -hmm. we're not. And like, we did this a few times. I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wrote a paper, like he's just going to keep doing it. Let's go. it's just terrible. Like, (laughs) so I can see, I can see like where I used to be and how I've viewed this particular piece of media over time. Um, so like I saw the movie, I loved it as a kid. You know, it's just a, it's an alien war movie. It's, it's gross, it's violent. The music is awesome. You know, it's just a, it's a good movie. It's objectively, it's a good movie. Um, and then in college, I read the book and I'm like, oh, the politics of the book is just so much better. Um, it, it just makes so much more sense. Um, and now like 10, 15 years after that, reading the book and watching the movie again, Um, I'm seeing how I, when I read the book, took things from the movie and put it in the book that wasn't there. And like, it was just in my head. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Like like, it got him kind of confused.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like as I was reading the book, I'm picturing Johnny Rico as Casper Van Dien. And, you know, it's not until the very end that you learn he's Filipino, and at that point, I've been reading the whole book, picturing him. So who cares, <laughs> you know? That's that's kind of how it was. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, <laughs> Starship Troopers was absolutely um, an inspiration for me to join the military because I wanted to be like that. I wanted to mm-hmm. be the hero, and you want to do and, your part. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Um, and so doing this video um, recently and going over um, how I felt at the time, the message of the movie and the book. Um, I was like, man, I fell for it like hook, line and sinker. Mm. I mean, not just starship troopers. It it, it was the whole culture at the time. If you remember the Patriot saving private Ryan band of brothers, all these late nineties military movies that made it seem awesome. And it made me feel like I'm supposed to do my part to be a hero and, and all that. And, uh, It was uh, actually serving in Iraq that kind of shook me out of that Mm. um, because it wasn't at all what I expected it to be. Is that just the
0: realities of war kind of thing or were were there specific, I guess, political things that you were witness to?
1: Both, both. Um, I think think most veterans can um, attest to this, but you go to basic training expecting full metal jacket. Like you, you're expecting this guy to be yelling at you, to be punching you, force feeding you stuff, like group punishments that none of that happens. It really doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, it may happen for like five minutes here and there throughout your several months of basic, but it's not like constant, like in that movie. Mm -hmm. So then when you go to war, you're expecting action all the time. Like you're, it's just. You're on edge the whole time. And after like a week there, you realize like it's not like that at all. Um, uh, okay. So just is, is real... it like
0: a lot of boredom mixed oh, in so with moments boredom. of terrifying? Or maybe it's not even that. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: te- I, I, I guess it depends on the, 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 the terrifying rhythm. stuff comes after, I think. Like while you're in it, it it's not so much. Um, but I, Here's an example you may um, kind of understand. Um, So in the lead up to the deployment, we go through all of this uh, training um, so that we know what to do when we're there, obviously. So Mm -hmm. we're driving down this street in Texas and there's a Coke can on the side of the road with a wire coming out of it. And all of us see it and we're all like, okay, stop, call, do the three line, whatever to, to, uh. EOD to get them to come out and do the things that they need to do and all that. Um, And then you continue on with the training. Um, And so that's what's in your head when you deploy. Then you get there and there's just trash and dead animals and burned out cars everywhere. If you were to stop for every Coke can that you see, you'd never get anywhere, (laughs) right? Mm. And also, it's probably nothing. Um, So there were a few times early on where we're driving along and we see something suspicious. And we call. And then we have to wait for six hours for EOD to show up. Uh, Meanwhile, our call has stopped all of the traffic behind us. So all of the other convoys now have to wait for six hours. And then when it turns out to be nothing, you're you're the least popular person yeah. <laughs> so so we we so you kind almost of,
0: get punished for doing the right thing
1: yes in a way. <laughs> yes um so there just became a culture of um hey we're all driving on the left side of the road up ahead why don't ask why we're all just going to be on the left for the next few miles okay and and you, you know what that means. It means there's something there, but we're just going to go because none of us want to call and wait. And, and that, so it's nothing like (laughs) what, uh, what you expect. It's nothing like the movies for Mm -hmm. sure. It's, it's hours of waiting around doing nothing days sometimes um, mixed in with mandatory suicide prevention and sexual harassment prevention talks Mm. like they have to mix those in all the time um it's just it's that over and over it's nothing like in the movies where you're sitting there in your foxhole and you're you know toughing it out with your bros no it's (laughs) you're in a tent you're mad because your girlfriend hasn't emailed you back in three days. Like, <laughs> it's just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's what it's like, but, but okay. The thing that kind of, <laughs> the thing that woke me up, um, sort of was what am I doing here? Um, like, what is my mission? And I was sent, uh, as a convoy security gunner. So I was on the machine gun on the top of a Humvee. Um, and we were protecting supply convoys Uh, going north. Um, So from the Kuwait border to Nasiriyah, Iraq, it's the next largest city above Basra. Um, So we would run full convoys up and then empty convoys down. So immediately I was like, well, that whole blood for oil thing is BS. I know that because I'm carrying oil into Iraq and empty trucks out. So that's not, that wasn't true. So that I never believed that part of you know the anti-war protests um though i will say well okay ask me about that later well Um, just just for
0: clarification when you say blood for oil what exactly
1: um we didn't invade so that we could just steal all of their oil and bring it back to america that's kind of what was in my head when i hear blood for oil Uh Now I, I understand what it means and I agree, um, but that's only because of years of reflection. Uh, but at the time, I was like, this blood for oil thing is not true. Like, we're not stealing the oil or anything. Um, but the base I was taking all of those supplies to was a Halliburton base. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was protecting Halliburton and supplying Halliburton. And the people I was protecting were being paid three four or five times more than me and telling me once your enlistment is up come work for us and you'll get paid yeah. what i get paid yeah um and i was like yeah i was like this is the military industrial complex like it was that really like this mythical thing that i had always just dismissed um mm-hmm. as, uh, as the liberals just complain about that like um, i'm like i'm here i see it i'm part of it kind of and i i, I felt really, uh, used in a way. Um, and once I got home and I started connecting with other veterans, um, that's been a real common feeling, especially among, uh, especially among Iraq veterans and Vietnam veterans, uh-huh. but not as much Afghanistan. they sure there are but it, there seems to be like Afghanistan seems more justified than Iraq was, um, since the Taliban and Al Qaeda were in fact there. Like nobody denies mm-hmm. that part. Um, but just in 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 being there and in the years since, I'm I'm kind of like I feel like uh, I was was duped, and not just in the military sense. though, so that is uh what has affected me the most uh, it's just in the america sense since i was a lore, yeah. yeah since i was a an american history teacher i taught the story of thanksgiving which i now know to not be at all accurate mm. um or even when you tell when you talk about the founding of america you're talking about the pilgrims fleeing religious persecution and coming over to to create A new a new country or whatever. Um, I now know that that's that's also not true. Like the Pilgrims were Protestants living in England. What were they weren't being persecuted. What they were fleeing was that England had just made peace with Spain, and part of the peace deal was that Catholics could live in England. And these Protestants wanted a pure country, uh, and and left, and they founded America specifically to keep out the catholics and the jews and that's not a very nice story is it okay. so we tell ourselves it's this oh they were they were coming over to like that's why there was so much anti catholic uh, and anti irish anti italian immigrant stuff mm-hmm. because it was specifically founded to not have them get included away from you people. <laughs> yeah Hi, I'm
0: Joe Scott. You might remember me from the podcast you were just listening to, and I'm here to talk to you about CuriosityStream. Have you ever found yourself endlessly scrolling through titles on one of your streaming services and you just can't find anything that really gets your brain going? And maybe you thought to yourself, it sure would be neat if there was a streaming platform that only streamed high-quality, mind-blowing documentaries and educational programs from some of the best filmmakers around the world. Have you ever wanted that? Well, so you're in luck, because that, my friend, is CuriosityStream. CuriosityStream is the premier streaming service for documentaries and educational programming with thousands of titles to choose from and everything from history to futurism, science to art, whatever you're interested in, you can find it there. Seriously, the only problem with CuriosityStream is that it's littered with rabbit holes that you can easily get lost in, so be sure to pace yourself. And they're always adding new content, like the series What Went Wrong, that examines some of the biggest disasters and mysteries of the last 50 years, including the Challenger disaster, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, and London's Greenfell Tower fire that killed 72 people in 2017. Oh, and have you ever been watching really great documentary programming and thought to yourself, hey, it sure would be neat if there was something like that for my favorite YouTubers? If so, then you're in even more luck, because when you sign up for Stream, you get free access to Nebula, a streaming service created by some of your favorite YouTubers where you can see their videos ad-free, and where they can feel free to experiment and try new things without the dreaded algorithm hanging over their heads. I'm on Nebula, actually, and it's the only place you can see my Nebula-exclusive series Mysteries of the Human Body, where we delve into the weird and sometimes scary world of unexplained diseases. It's a fun time. There's also original series from Real Engineering, Windover Productions, Legal Eagle, Minute Body, the list goes on and on. Nebula is like our own little piece of the internet, and you're welcome to join us. And the crazy thing is you get both of these streaming services at a ridiculous discount if you sign up at my special link, which is curiositystream.com slash Pod. That's curiositystream.com slash j-o-e-s-c-o-t-t-p-o-d. And here's a crazy thing. Usually you can get 26% off for both services when you use my link, curiositystream.com Scott joescottpod. But because it's the holidays, they've got a special deal going on. You'll get not 26%, but 42% off a yearly subscription, meaning you'll get two streaming services for an entire year for $11.59. So one more time, that's curiositystream.com slash joescottpod, and you can start streaming smarter and thanks to curiosity stream for supporting this podcast. I think um, sort of on that on that note like uh, w- there's there's been a bit of a reckoning it feels like in, yes, in our country yeah. over the last couple of years and whatnot. Uh, and that has exploded in negative ways <laughs> in some, in some cases. Yeah. You know, I have black friends and uh, I don't know if it was because of everything that was going on but you know it opened up some conversations about the different realities that we live in, you know, yeah. and um, everything from one friend saying that he he would love to have a Tesla like I have, but he knows he'll get pulled over. You know, like he's just, he just, he can afford it. He can afford nicer cars, but he's afraid to, because when he's driven around in nice cars, he gets pulled over. That is nothing. I, not, I've never had to think about that in my life. Uh, I've yeah. never had to think about <laughs> that when I move into somebody's neighborhood, their property values might go down.
1: Oh yeah.
0: You know, I mean, stuff like that. I've never had to think about that. Yeah. And, and that's a reality they have to live with every day. Um, hearing it broke my heart hearing, um, a buddy of mine talking about how he had to explain to his kids what to do if they got pulled over in, in, in extreme detail, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I didn't have to have that discussion.
1: Yeah. Th- that know? discussion for me was just do what they say. Yeah. Just exactly. say yes, sir. And just, just do what nice. they say. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Not enough. but but it's like, it's, it's interesting because we are sort of and I, let's give the younger generation credit, you know, cause they're, they're interested in that sort of re, I don't want to say revising history, but sort of like digging in and finding the, the dirt there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be more open to it or, or more, uh, Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's one of the upsides of the internet
1: or whatever i think i think every generation is that way though i think my parents Mm. and i'm sure your parents thought the same thing like wow you guys are really progressive or whatever to an annoying degree um in some places but um you know i i agree with you that there has been a a reckoning in a sense and i wish more people um had the ability to sort of self-reflect on that because, yeah, I, I have benefited from this system, and and it took me a, a lot of work to get to a, the point where I could say that because. If um, you came my... from a
0: more right background, didn't you, or more libertarian? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You swung a bit more. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but I mean, my life wasn't easy. Like there, I right. I, I remember being unemployed for years during the recession uh, and uh, not being able to make rent and all that. Mm-hmm. So when I remember that stuff and I hear people saying, you benefit from a, a white supremacist system, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like- It didn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, like from yeah. my perspective, I've been struggling like crazy, but um, I, I, I will, in, in part, um, as part of being a veteran, um, I am exposed to people, uh, minorities all sure, the time. Yeah. Like they're all, they serve more than white people do. So it makes it's sense. more of
0: a melting pot in the military than. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and I hear stories, uh, and I, and I tell them what's going on with me and how tough it is. Uh, and I hear like, if that same thing were happening to them, it would be 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. Um, because, or, uh, women here, here's, here's something I've never had to think about with women. They can't just walk through a parking lot at night by themselves. That's something I've never even thought twice about. Like if if I'm leaving Walmart at midnight because I needed cough medicine or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, I will confidently go straight to my car. I won't be looking around wondering what, I don't have to worry about that. Women do. They think about that all the time. Um, Or, or like you said, black people being pulled over. Uh, It's just, stuff I've never had to think about. And it's only now that I'm older that I'm able, and I've seen, you know, how society works, um, that when someone tells me, well, this is my experience, I'm very, I'm very capable now. I think only cause I'm in my late thirties, um, able to be like, oh my, you're right. Like I've seen it from the other perspective, but I've just never thought about how it looks. Um, and I also think media has has changed a lot. Like a lot of people finally learned about the Tulsa massacre because oh, of right. HBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say I, I first learned about Sundown Towns because of HBO. Um, and for those Is that uh, Lovecraft Country? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So, I never finished that. I watched like oh, the <laughs> first couple episodes and then I
0: lost it. But sorry, go
1: ahead. It it was that was tough to watch because it was very much like um, they move into a neighborhood, a white neighborhood, and all their neighbors hate them. Stuff like that that you would never, like, watch. and that's just, everybody was like that. Like, it, it wasn't like one, one racist in town. It was the whole town is like that. But, but anyway, a sundown town, for those listening who don't know, um, is no Black people are allowed to walk the streets at night or they'll get lynched. And it's called a sundown town because they had to leave by sundown. Um, It wasn't just
0: that they couldn't leave their house. They couldn't be in town. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 they like, they didn't live there either. Um, So I I saw that on Lovecraft country and I was like, no way, there's no way that's a real thing. And I looked it up and there are hundreds of cities across the country that were that way. The somewhat liberal college town, I won't say where it was, but it (laughs) it was a, it was a liberal city in a red state Um, was a sundown town. And I was like, that blew my mind that not even a hundred years ago, black people just weren't allowed in this city. There and, are people
0: alive today that were around when that was the case,
1: yeah. So it, the reason I, I was ex- somewhat excited to talk about this, I'm learning about company towns right now. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's, it's uh, I thought it was gonna be simple, but it's teaching me about all kinds of stuff, especially uh, labor issues and unions, But that's that's a topic for another time. I'm learning a lot about um, the transformation of slavery after slavery. Like I grew up, I'm sure you did too, thinking slavery ended 1865 with the 13th Amendment. Um, We all also kind of understand that it wasn't great afterwards, but we don't. I don't think we really think about it. Like there's sharecroppers. We all kind of know who those are. They rented the land they lived on and they didn't own the crop that they grew it, right. it went to the person uh, and that doesn't sound very fun but
0: it's kind of like a fiefdom
1: <laughs> yeah, yes yes yeah. i mean
0: uh, <laughs> I, I was doing some stuff about like you know yeah, like they're a and peasant like and a yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but after reconstruction ended uh in 1877 um the south's economy had just not gotten back to where it needed to be um so they realized that the 13th amendment says involuntary servitude except as pun- well, is abolished except as punishment for a crime mm-hmm. so they started just arresting black people for all kinds of petty things theft i mean i say theft but often it's like a chicken egg or something like something really yeah. minor that we wouldn't think of and, of co- and I'm sure some of them did do murders and assaults. I'm not trying to discount them, but a lot of it was just made up. And for a white person who maybe like your, uh, what was it? Your, your wife's, who was it? Oh, stepdad. Stepdad. Yeah. Uh, so for people like him, um, they hear that and they're like, oh, well, they're just criminals. You know, they're, they're. Mm-hmm that that race of people is just more likely to be criminals mm. um, before the civil war if you had asked a white person in the north um, to describe a black person they would say they're hardworking, they're industrious they're loyal they're obedient now these are these are not great words kind of back right? of the hand compliments yeah. there. they are they are kind of yeah slave oriented words yeah. but they're still somewhat positive i would i would think mm-hmm. like They're positive attributes, despite being an underclass. Um, After Reconstruction ended, after the South started just arresting people and turning them into criminals, um, the perception in the North shifted to Black people are all just criminals. They're inferior. They're never going to integrate because the South was doing this. Uh, And I can understand where that comes from when you think they are actually committing crimes, like if, if you think they're actually doing these things. But one of the most popular laws that the South used to get people into this, this pipeline um, was a vagrancy law, uh, which is, it is illegal to be unemployed, which, which a lot of people were at that time, not just black people, but weirdly only yeah. black people were getting arrested
0: for this i feel like this is going to come around to the company town thing again. yeah yeah
1: yeah because yeah, yeah. if, so... if
0: you're a company that owns a town and somebody doesn't work for you then what the hell are you doing here yeah,
1: yeah well Sorry, that's that's one aspect of it yes the company could control who was in it but um after um the civil war after reconstruction ended um these company towns uh would hire these company coal towns specifically mm-hmm. would hire prisoners in the south to work in the mines so someone would be arrested for being unemployed be labeled a criminal and then have to do slave labor in a coal mine Mm -hmm. and this this went on until the 20s um, when a white person was caught up in it and died and and this happened in florida and everybody was like okay no more convict leasing was what the program was called convict leasing Uh, and they sort of the South kind of shifted strategies, uh, in a way that you may not expect. Um, they, they kind of shifted to debt peonage, which is you owe me money and, um, you're going to work for me and I'll feed you, but you also owe me for the food and the housing. And then the, it's debt like just Victorian keeps going. workhouses. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and company towns were, were popular for doing that, uh, or did that very often. Um, and again America was like okay no you can't do that that's that's serfdom and this is America so they made that illegal so then the south people in the south stopped doing that too they stopped doing convict leasing they stopped doing debt peonage and then they just kept slaves and when the the cops were like you can't you can't like have this person working for you and not pay them uh, and like Why not? Because the 13th Amendment says slavery shall be abolished, period. It doesn't have any punishments or anything. It doesn't say those caught with slaves will serve 10 years or anything. So slavery wasn't illegal in America until 1935 when when FDR signed that into law. When do you think the last slave in America, not, not like sharecropper or wage slave, None of, the, none of the gray area stuff, like chattel slave. When do you think the last slave was freed in America? I don't want
0: to know. I was probably <laughs> alive, wasn't I?
1: Thankfully, no. 1942. <laughs> oh, okay. 1942, oh, okay. 1942. Okay. okay. World War you were
0: II. 70 something. I going to say
1: 70-something. World War II was already happening, and the last slave was freed. My grandma was walking around on the earth when Mm -hmm. slaves still existed in America. It's amazing. So so not only have I now understood that slavery has just sort of changed names over the years, um, but I'm recognizing a pattern. So the drug war, all of a sudden, drugs are illegal in 1971. Um, They weren't illegal before that. White people do drugs too. But man, they sure do like arresting just black people for this. <laughs> um, and I, so I see this happening and I see um, the origin of they're just criminals. They're just more likely to be criminals. Um, or when I did the school stuff, the, uh, they just have bad IQs, low IQs. Mm. Um, and no one ever stops to think that maybe that neutral thing, the law, the IQ test or whatever it is that they're using isn't actually neutral. Um, and that's kind of where I've landed in my, uh, in my journey as an adult, but also a YouTuber is, is this actually neutral? And then I explore that. Mm. Um, so schools, company towns, whatever it is that I'm, I'm looking into, I'm, I'm trying to like, is, is the story I was always taught, is that, the real story, or, or, am I uh, looking at it through the same rose-colored glasses that I watched Top Gun and Starship Troopers with? Where I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, America is the best because whatever. And uh, and I'm because I'm here
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because and I was taught that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, I I guess here's my corollary to that. Um, so I live in Texas. I've lived here my whole life, and. Um, you know we have our own mythology about how we were created we had our own revolution we had a, we were our own country for a little while there it didn't last very long but um so i mean yeah we uh, where Where are you from
1: i grew up in hawaii oh well, which okay. which was also its own country for a little while yeah
0: and it, mm, there's some iffy stuff there too <laughs> yes yeah for <yeah. laughs> whatever well okay so so The story of how Texas came to be was that, you know, uh, it was owned by Mexico. And then the the ruthless dictator Santa Ana started like taking away our freedoms and and, you know, uh, imposing uh, oppression upon us and all this stuff so that the Texians fought back and and they all sacrificed themselves at the Alamo. And then Sam Houston yelled, remember the Alamo at San Jacinto and they beat this this um, this amazing army that was like one of the greatest in the world at the time and because the texans are so strong and everything yeah. and, and we've been badasses ever since like that's what you, that's what you get taught in school something they fail to mention in school and i've only found this out fairly recently in my life um i'm sure it's just a coincidence but uh, mexico abolished slavery yep. yeah. just before the texas revolution interesting that yeah kind of reframes everything uh, that happened at the Alamo and whatnot. And I, I was, (laughs) I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, so, so Texas fought for slavery twice. (laughs) And they're the only state in the country that won a war over slavery.
1: I hadn't thought about that part.
0: (laughs) So, you know, it's
1: okay. I might be mixing this up. Did they win it on their own? And then the U S Mexican war just happened spontaneously by itself few years later or was wasn't the texas revolution just the prequel
0: i think it was a prequel okay what i was reading about it was it was saying that like um texans like like to draw comparisons between the revolutionary war the american revolutionary war and the texas revolution when it was really a prelude to the civil war
1: okay and and the mexican
0: war i think came later uh so so i think texas was 1836
1: yeah and then 1848 i think is yeah yeah
0: But I think it was over like New Mexico and Colorado in that area. back.
1: California, there. for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, but you know, you find these things out and it's like, it's just, yeah. it's just amazing how, how buried all that
1: was. Yeah. We and isn't it frustrating up. when you come across someone who still believes the original story and you're like, no, it's, it's actually this really complex, nuanced story, Yeah. but you have to read three books to fully understand it. And
0: <laughs> here's where I get a little conflicted. I think it's important to know the truth. obviously it's it's better to know the truth and i think that puts a lot more context into what's going on now because kind of like what you're saying a minute ago um there's a lot of people that say you know the civil war is a long time ago but as you as you pointed out the structure around the civil war the things that it was about didn't end until the 40s really you know like and, and there's still reverberations to this day um that that movie uh ava duvernay did the 13th that talks about um how the prison industrial complex is really just kind of a new form of slavery. Yeah, yeah. I think was very very well done. Sorry just to give a little story here. Um I used to work at the Dallas Morning News. That was like my job for a while. I was in the advertising department. But we were doing some um a campaign or some ads for a guy who had a nonprofit. He was a former prisoner. Um and he set up this nonprofit to help transition prisoners out of the prison system to get them jobs and cut down on recidivism and all that and he he was talking about how like whatever prison he was in maybe it was huntsville it didn't matter but um they trained them well (laughs) they worked for a windshield company and they trained them on how to like do whatever it is they do to build the windshields or repair them or whatever and, and the idea was supposed to be that you are given skills that you can apply to get a job when you, when you leave the, the prison, well, people would get out of prison and then go to that company to work for them. And they wouldn't hire them because yep. they were felons, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, uh,
1: that's another thing so- I didn't realize as a kid, really. Like I thought, um, you know, if you're, if you're, well, first of all, only bad people break the law. only bad people like and you have to mean it too. nobody accidentally breaks the law like that was in my head it's very childish i know but i felt this way all the way through my 20s Um, but only bad people break the law and once you do your punishment and all that you're you're back to normal i thought and no that's not the case like your life is ruined yeah You can't, I mean, you you can't vote, which was, which is one of the the main reasons they do that in the first place is to make sure that certain people can't vote, but you can't get a job. Like you have to check that box everywhere. Um, Mm. Every job that you apply for. And and what employer, if they have two applications in front of them, identical in every way, except one has the check on that, they're not going to pick you. Like, yeah. applying for, uh, apartments. I, I, I haven't had to check the box, but that question is <laughs> on there. Like mm-hmm. even applying for places to live. Um, I don't think people realize how much this affects you forever because we, we never let the punishment end. And that's not even, and that's just for felons. We're not even talking about like the, the worst, you know, the worst crimes where they're on a list forever, you know, yeah, it's yeah. forever. Those things, it, it, no one wants to defend who I'm talking about. I know, but, <laughs> but the older I get, um, the more I meet people who have done crimes, you know, in, in their twenties mm-hmm. in their teens. Um, and it's really kind of changed my perspective on who a criminal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's often just, um, someone who made a mistake, like they're not bad people. Um, and I can very easily think of things I've done that are illegal. And I just didn't get caught, especially a lot of stuff in high school. Cause I wasn't the right age. Just, just mm-hmm. to give an example, mm-hmm. um, if I was caught, my life would be over, but thankfully I'm white and I don't have to worry about that. Right? Like that's so growing up, I'm like, man, my whole perspective was, was just so off, But I also don't know how to fix that, or at least how, how we could get children to start off with the right perspective, Mm. because I think this is something that can only come through wisdom and experience, I guess, like you have to meet enough people where you're just like, they're not bad. You know, as a kid, you never talk to bad people. Like they just don't like, Oh, Mm. um, but as an adult, you're just, it's, it's, I don't know. You, you, the stuff you worried about as a kid uh, just sort of fades away, and you're able to talk to people. And uh, I'm like, you know, I did that. You got caught for that. What? Like, and yeah. and you still. You, it, it's it's bizarre. And uh, like, yeah,
0: there, there's something about like whatever your entire life is defined by the worst mistake you ever made. Yeah in that, can't moment that. that you know yeah there's some bad people that probably shouldn't be in the general population but then there's also people who are their hands were their hands were forced forced their hand anyway uh for, for, for economic reasons or just they were in the wrong place wrong time or or they just made one bad decision or something yeah. you know and it's rough we- like it's, it's it's hard to um advocate for <laughs>
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. No one, yeah. yeah. No one's. Yeah. Yeah. No politician is going to be like lighter sentences for prison. It's not. Oh Yeah. Going to yeah. Yeah. That, yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you can't get elected if you say let's let's be good to, to criminals.
1: Yeah. Although yeah, no one.
0: <laughs> I mean, if somebody like I, I feel like it should be if you served your time and you you've paid your price, you should be able to get back to, to life of, of yeah. some kind, you know, because it shouldn't be about just getting you back into prison. It's just I don't. I, so being in Texas, Everything is very much just like tough, gotta be tough on <laughs> um, the prisoners and criminals. Um, but I feel like that's kind of an American thing too. Like it's just sort of in our consciousness that, like, you know, oh, you're a bad guy, good guy. You're a bad guy, and you're now you know, shunt forever and but um, they could be productive members of society if things were done a little bit differently. What that is, I don't know. And, and it's difficult, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I do think it's strange that we've always frame it as they could be a productive member of society. Like you have to be producing, it goes back to what we were talking um, about earlier, <laughs> but you're not the only person to say that, which is why I bring it up. Like That always seems to be the goal is to get back into society that, okay. and work <laughs>
0: A beneficial member of society yeah not necessarily because you work at a company or something but because you're contributing to whatever yeah. i didn't mean it like that <laughs> making me sound bad
1: yeah i think that's very much part of america from the beginning that industrious hard-working pure uh sort of myth that we've told ourselves that we are again this this touches on the company town thing uh, a lot of a uh, While researching this, a lot of the time I found myself saying like, you can't just kill someone for that because they wanted a raise or because they didn't want to work a 14 hour shift. You can't just, can't just kill them. But we did all the time. Um, Like whenever there were striking coal workers, we would call the army in and they would just mow them down. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm sitting there like, you can't do that. (laughs) Watch me. But yeah, we, we did it all the time. And some say that we still do it. Um, and I guess that's, that's something that, um, has really been shaking me a lot because, uh, even when I think back to the nineties, uh, with Starship Troopers or the lead up to Iraq, uh, people were telling me like, this is just the military industrial complex, they wanna invade for oil, they wanna make money, they're you know, they doing this for evil reasons. And I was always like, no, they're not. Like, you're just making stuff up. And now that I'm starting to realize that we've done that in the past, and even in our recent history, um, I'm like, I wish I could find those people who told me that and apologize. <laughs> like there were professors who told me there are no wmds in iraq we're it's a complete lie we're we're just going there for xyz reasons and i just dismissed them and i wish i could find who they like i looked at my transcripts i was like who did i take this class with and the names aren't there anymore so like dang it i wish i could reach out and be (laughs) like i'm so sorry you were right I'm sure you never hear this. That's why I wanted to write this message. Um, <laughs> but, but like this uh all it sounds those to people, me like
0: one of those things that shoots you up at night, but the other guy probably yes. forgot about years ago. Oh yeah, or, they probably like,
1: don't even remember yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> but it bothers me because I'm like, I dismissed all these people who I now know to be right. That bothers me a lot, mm. a lot more than it should, I guess. So I'm trying to figure out ways to to undo that for more people so that more people can um can kind of wake up, Um, it feels weird to say it that way, but uh, once you kind of start to notice systemic racism, you see it everywhere. Like you notice it in all kinds of places. Um, And it it just takes that sort of initial spark, I guess, to get people to be like, oh, wait. And And then they notice, I don't know if that's how you've experienced it, but I know a lot of people, like, once they see it, it's everywhere. Um, and so that's been. A-
0: this is where I do get a little bit, I don't know, conflicted or whatever, because, like, the least helpful thing you can do in the world is to say, you're racist.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: Like, that just immediately puts up walls and makes people defensive and stuff. And in the case of, like, my, my wife's stepdad, like I was saying, you know, she wasn't even talking about him specifically. She was just talking about systemically and, but he took that as a personal affront to him. Yeah. Um, it becomes really difficult to get those ideas across without it being, um, you know, pointing fingers and, and saying things that are going to get people all defensive, but also, also you tell me what you think about this statement. <laughs> okay. Can it, can it go, can it go too far? Yeah, Cause like, if, if, like you said, if, if once you see it, you see it everywhere, it's kind of like a Bader Meinhof kind of thing, you know, yeah. um, to somebody who probably needs to hear the message, it just comes off as constant belittling or constant negativity yeah. toward this thing that they identify as being a, a person of a certain class or just an American or whatever. Um, I mean, I'll just use the word. It can get obnoxious.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah. And
0: maybe even counterproductive. Yeah, and I don't know where the line is because I mean, what it is kind of like an awakening, a, a, a taking of the the pill from the matrix. I won't see what
1: color, but yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but but you know, like once you wake up to it and you start to see things in a different way, you want to talk about that, regardless oh, of yeah. what it is, whether it's negative or positive or whatever, you know. Um, and I think some people can sort of go a little bit too far with it. Um, I mean, like we just had Thanksgiving, and obviously like you just said, you know, it's what really happened at Thanksgiving with the genocide of the indigenous people and everything. Of course, it's it's tragic. And, you know, you, you should be aware of all that. But but now I've had people like on my Facebook timeline that are like boycotting Thanksgiving. And I'm like, OK, does me not seeing my family and eating turkey make anything better?
1: Yeah, um, I've seen people try and uh, kind of thread that needle um, and. You know, having the the turkey and and coming together with your family as long as you enjoy their company anyway is fine <laughs> you know there's yeah, nothing wrong with that what's wrong is having kids dress up and act yeah. out this this fantasy that we tell ourselves yeah, yeah yeah about what happened um and that's that's what bothers me um cuz you you're right uh, it can get to a point where it's it's too much um and
0: it kind of feels like some, like it feels like um, a party pooper, or Debbie Downer yes. You going to ruin everything, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Like...
1: But there, but there is a, a, a little bit, um, you know, when you say you point at someone and say you're a racist, I think for the first time in my life um, I'm pointing the finger at myself in a way, mm. if that makes sense, where I'm like, wow, this, this thing I used to enjoy is racist actually. And um I think, I think part of the reason I used to dismiss, um, sort of the liberal lefty people is because it always would be a laundry list of everything that's racist that you're doing, like, Mm -hmm. like baseball teams, football teams, the military cops, like they give you this whole list and you're like, come on, everything's not racist. Um, and you just sort of dismiss it. Uh, so I think the way I kind of got into this was just picking one thing And researching this and being like, huh, I, there's something to this. And then another one and seeing it and then another one. Um, and it's sort of snowballed from there for me. Um, but I also know that it's obnoxious to go around saying that everything's racist. So I don't do that. Um, I, I will bring it up in conversations like what we're having, Mm -hmm. but I don't like go out of my way to tell people they're being racist. (laughs) anything <laughs> um but I do still see it uh, around and I'll I'll discover things um as I go so I just I just moved like a few months ago into this place um and driving around this neighborhood I, I found a, a few suburbs that were labeled as covenant communities and I was like what is a covenant this is like the third covenant community I've seen what does that mean and I google it and a covenant community is only white people can live here and it's a covenant in the contract that if anyone wants to sell their house they have to sell it to a white person that's now this is actually written down this or is how it this is how it started when okay. suburbs started in the 50s 60s and yeah, 70s yeah, yeah. nowadays of course the rule is you have to you have equal housing right mm-hmm. But everyone still owns those homes it's not like as soon as equal housing became law everyone had to mix you know it's no the people who bought those houses in the 70s are still there right so it's still a white community um and or a mostly white community there's no law enforcing that but it sure is like if you're not you're not going to fit in here so I'm like driving around my new city uh, and seeing covenant communities everywhere. Like these are racist, (laughs) but I'm not going to go around and be like, (laughs) yeah. Like these started in the, in the sixties and seventies as whites only communities. Um, And they still like proudly show covenant controls on here. And so, so like I said, once you're kind of aware of these things, you see it everywhere. And And yeah, I want to I want to tell people like, did you know that homeowners associations were actually a way to keep communities mostly just stuff like that. (laughs) Um, But if I were to make a video of here's everything that's racist, people would just be like, oh, that's that's crazy. How could the post office be racist? That doesn't make sense It's because they're closing offices in certain zip codes just so that they can't have access or whatever. that kind of stuff so i guess also when when people are ranting about something being racist they aren't giving the nuanced uh story or or what part of it is racist they're just labeling the entire thing mm-hmm. uh, as racist or white supremacist or whatever uh, when you know it's only well it was, it isn't anymore, or it started as, you know, there's usually some sort of twist to it that they leave out, but it's something I've been waking up to. Like every video I do, um, I end up finding that there's, (laughs) there's some racist twist to it. Like a, there's some
0: element of race disparity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, The education one was a big one for me, especially Mm -hmm. because I was a teacher and I was a participant in this system um, where again I saw both sides of it because growing up I was a gifted student uh, and I used to think that that was like something to brag about but now (laughs) I'm just like oh how lame (laughs) to brag about being gifted in in junior high but um,
0: doesn't gifted mean something different now because I was in GT when I was in school
1: I don't know I've always heard it as gifted and talented yeah Um, so I just shorten it to gifted but uh, I don't know um, if it means something different
0: well, my, okay. So my wife's a teacher. Okay. Both my parents are teachers. I can't get away from teachers. <laughs> um, and now, now I do like an educational YouTube channel. Everybody keeps saying I should be a teacher. And I'm like, no, I've, all I've heard my entire life are people complaining yeah, about it's being terrible. a teacher. So, yeah. Um, but no, when I was a kid, I was in GT and we didn't have, I also grew up in a really small town. So there are just a lot of things we didn't have, but we didn't have advanced placements. So like my wife teaches AP kids. Um, but I, but we did have a, a GT program and I may have just misunderstood or misinterpreted what my wife was saying, but it seems like she was saying that, that GT is almost more like, like a special needs kind of thing.
1: No, no. Yeah, or like I think the you kids have... that are
0: so like wooey everywhere that they can't like focus on what the teacher's saying or something i don't know
1: no at least that's not been my experience that's like special education that's yeah um, i may have i
0: may have totally misinterpreted what my wife was saying but she was (laughs) she was she said something and i was like wait that's what gt is now anyway
1: uh, yeah i don't think so Um, but since i grew up in hawaii hawaii is a is a white minority state we're only like 30 percent white Mm. um but remembering back my gifted class was mostly white. Um, And I've since come to understand that that the creation of gifted classes was a way to segregate an otherwise integrated school. They didn't exist before the sixties and seventies when integration became law. And then they were like, okay, well, we're going to put the white people in a separate classroom. They'll still be in the same building though. So now that I know that I'm reflecting back on my childhood, like oh, I would, I willingly participated in this. And then when I was a teacher, the goal was to be the AP or gifted teacher like that. Everyone was working towards, towards that. And, uh, and now I'm, I never got to that spot because of course it's held by a teacher that's been there for 20 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, even striving for that, I feel weird about now (laughs) because I'm just like, oh, now that i know that it it uh because that is still the case it is still that uh more white people are in gifted and talented programs than should be so still wanting to do that means i still want to teach mostly white kids like you it, it's bizarre oh, oh, okay <laughs> yeah. where oh. where, as a teacher i'm like oh i, I really want to teach the segregated class like ugh.
0: Ugh. <laughs> well, if you put it like that <laughs> um i want to i want to just kind of stop for a second and acknowledge just, that we've been going for like an hour and a half
1: now i see that yeah <laughs> uh
0: i'm fine to keep going i'm having a blast but i didn't want to like step on your time or anything no nope, so. i'm
1: good for at least another half hour
0: well okay all right <laughs> um i also want to acknowledge that like uh I don't talk politics and especially like race stuff very much at all on my channel, unless it just happens to factor into a, yeah, you're you know, more of a, a science topic. channel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I, I, just, I, I don't like people hating me. Um, <laughs> but, but as you, as somebody who talks about this kind of stuff a lot, I feel like it's fair enough that we could talk about it here, yeah. but, but, um, I mean, I, I did want to ask like what it's like just to talk politics on YouTube. Cause I, I mean, the kind of stuff that I get back, I can't imagine what somebody who talks politics on YouTube must get back. Um, and the other is like a lot of what we're talking about here, like we really gone on a lot about the, the race stuff, uh, it, which um, again, is not something I, I talk about very often. I'm deeply uncomfortable right now, but anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, what, what do you say to somebody who's listening to this and doesn't get exposed to this kind of talk too often and thinks that it sounds like white guilt?
1: Uh well first of all, um
0: or is that even a bad thing, I guess.
1: Another way of looking at it. <sighs> okay, okay. There's there's several layers to that question. <laughs> no, uh, made so, you uncomfortable. <laughs> so critical race theory, first of all, is not being taught in school. It's not a thing in in general um there as a, are as
0: the spouse of a teacher i can verify that yeah
1: um, but i'll
0: tell you what though she's getting asked about it by our students all the time
1: now oh god okay.
0: because that's all they hear about yeah and this is stuff that they've never been taught but all these adults are saying they shouldn't learn it so of course
1: yeah they want to know i, it. I guarantee you every teacher is still towing the line and still mm-hmm. teaching the pilgrims came and slavery ended at the civil war and all that. they're teaching oh, and- standard stuff yeah, um, biting so, their tongue,
0: and my and my wife is like, they keep asking me, and I'm like, I cannot talk about this. Yeah, Can we move on to Jane Eyre because I'm I'm a, yeah. a literature teacher for crying out loud.
1: Yeah, so so first of all, you know, like, it, it just if you don't know anything about CRT, uh, Carlos Maza Maza has a video out about critical race theory. It's the best deconstruction of it mm. I've I've ever seen. It's so good, um, and and it does touch on some of the things we've been talking about Uh, critical race theory is um, a way to look at the law as no longer neutral um, because it was written by people from the 1860s who probably had 1860s thoughts in their heads Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably reflected in the law Um, so it's it's a way to look at the law critically through the lens of race um, which I am completely fine with, but it's it's something that's taught in law school, not K-12 education. So, right. Right. so that aside, um, I think the guilt that I feel comes mostly from being taught the false story at first and believing it. Um, I don't feel guilty about the way I live my life currently um, mm-hmm. or I mean, of course I say stuff on occasion There, where I'm like, that's stupid. And I feel bad about it, (laughs) but I I don't feel like a, like a racial guilt, I guess, over, um, the things I do now. Um, I think I only really feel it when I'm, when I'm like, uh, I used to not have a problem with there being a football team named the Redskins and thinking about that now I'm like, that's, it's, it's the, it's the same (laughs) as having a football team named the n-word it's so bad um so so it's just guilt about stuff like that and not stuff i've done personally right Mm -hmm. like i i feel like if we were honest from the beginning you would kind of not have that guilt or that awakening anyway because you Mm -hmm. would have just that would have been the story from the beginning and it wouldn't be this realization later on in life um so the the uh the other part of your question was
0: i'm not through a lot of either
1: yeah like how <laughs> how to get started in thinking about this or without it being like without like just being overcome with guilt or feeling like you're a racist and having to stop yeah. uh what you're doing or change your life or anything like that um i don't you know what i would what i would suggest is just pick a topic that you're personally interested in and look into the history of that and and legitimately ask yourself, am I wrong about this? Could I be uh, misunderstanding mm-hmm. this? Um, and I have to say YouTube has been a huge help for me in that regard. Um, it, it, oddly, oddly enough, it started with, um, Sean, uh, he's a, he's a lefty YouTuber, but I started watching him because he, um, kind of bashed Sins, the film review channel, mm-hmm. um, about their lazy film criticisms. And those were the first videos I watched. And then I started watching his political videos um, with the open mind. Like I clicked on the Native American genocide video and I was like, I bet I'm not going to like this video, <laughs> but um, what if I'm wrong? I'm, I want to know mm. what, you know, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. And I'm alone. I'm watching a YouTube video. No one can see me. So if I am like, oh, I'm wrong. Nobody's gonna know that I that I was wrong. <laughs> like I'm doing this in my in my uh, living room, really. Um, so I just kind of got started there, and I watched Sean, uh, and then I moved on to Each Bomber Guy and um, Contrapoints. Uh, kind of takes a little. Uh, Contrapoints is a an acquired taste, a little bit like. I've tried to to show her content to people, and it it's very difficult because uh, she, she dresses really weird. Yeah, she talks mm-hmm. weird, like it's. Um, so it, it took a little while to get into counterpoints, but I did, of course. Um, and I, I don't remember
0: what f- what the first video I saw of hers was, but I just. I was probably kind of making this face a little bit, at yeah, first, it, but, yeah. but then after about 10 minutes, I was just like sucked in and, and yeah. she was like saying such brilliant things. I was like, okay, I'm watching everything, yeah. even though yeah. they're 50 hours long. I'm going to yeah, watch this yeah, yeah, one. Of yeah, yeah.
1: But it's, it's really hard to get like, I couldn't send that to my dad. There's no way my dad is going to watch yeah. a video yeah. like that, which is a um, shame
0: because she makes really great points, really salient, well-articulated points
1: yeah but and it's kind of like how can i make naked. this in a fun- yeah So <laughs> <laughs> she's sitting in a
0: bathtub filled with trash i don't yeah. know
1: dressed as a fairy with yeah you know, it's with it's, cat eyes it's, it's it, of course it's great to watch now that i'm a fan but i i i can see why it, it's mm-hmm. tough for a new person to get mm-hmm. kind of involved um so i kind of see myself as a bridge in a way um i it I've kind of made my my videos targeted at people like me, white male millennial libertarians, mm-hmm. you know, it's people who think they're centrist. Those types, because uh, that's what I was, and I because they're not going to listen to contrapoints just because the way she looks, the way she presents. Um, again, not a knock. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, so I see myself as the entry point in a way, like if, if you've, if you can stand my content, you know, <laughs> you can build your way up. Um, so my advice would just be pick a topic that you're in, like scroll through H bomber guy's catalog and find a topic you're interested in and just give it a watch with the, with the understanding uh, that you may be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. you may be wrong about vaccines and autism. You may be wrong about uh, race and IQ, um, that kind of stuff. You just go into it with an open mind. Um, and you'll find yourself wanting to know more, I think. Mm-hmm. Um y- you said it too. Like you're drawn in. You just you're like, what? This is how it like that's where that comes from. And it's mm-hmm. just interesting to find out like the the rules of society that aren't written down, I guess. It's really interesting to learn that stuff. Um, and YouTube has been, a, has been great for me in that respect. Uh, and then your other question, what's it like uh, to, to do <laughs> politics? Um, it is tough cause the, the, the responses are often personal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not just it's you're wrong about this. Yeah. I imagine. yeah it, it's not, you're, you're, you're wrong about this fact. It's you're an idiot. Uh, mm-hmm. your channel should be deleted and you should be put in prison for treason or whatever. Um, it, and you so like, sometime, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, a lot of it's very easy to kind of just dismiss, um, especially, you know, the, the more, uh, I'm sure you get this with your comments, but like the, the, the more swear words there are, the more capital, all caps, <laughs> and honestly, the longer it is, the easier it is to just ignore. Like, I, I see yeah. this wall of text and I'm just like, nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, moving
1: on. um, um, the ones that get me though, are, are kind of the ones that, um, have some truth to it. So, oh, so course. when, so when people are like, this is just you trying to apologize for your service, or this is just you trying to make up for being a, a racist in the past or whatever. Um, and those are the ones that kind of, kind of get in because, um, While I didn't put it in the video, I was writing the script thinking that at least, right? Like, I'm sure you've experienced this where people uh, will say, um, you left this part out because you don't want to talk about blah, blah, blah. Um, and and I see that some motive to it well and sometimes they get it right though and and I'll see that (laughs) comment I'm like they were right I didn't want to talk about that because it would be a whole thing and it's just um, so I guess the ones that bother me are kind of the ones that well okay aside from like the personal attacks it's the ones where people are like nope the original story I know is true and you're not going to, you're not going to convince me with your, your Marxist <laughs> propaganda or whatever, mm. uh, where I'm just like, uh, so I'm never going to get through to this person. Like they've just decided that this, mm. this is not the truth. Um, and, and they're done with it. Um, and then of course I, I, you know, I guess, I guess the ones that really annoy me the most are where the only possible response is watch the video again like you missed something <laughs> yeah. like that is not what i said uh like you're when people put words in my mouth like yeah. oh okay since we've been talking about the racist the racism thing when i say stuff like um voter id laws are racist not because requiring an id is racist it's which ones are acceptable like driver's licenses yeah are okay. Um, but student IDs are not gun licenses are okay. Like what, why do they pick these ones and not other ones? Mm-hmm. And it's because black people are less likely to have a driver's license. And of course, white people don't understand that because we all live in the suburbs and we all have a driver's license. Uh, but if you live in a city, it's very easy to not have one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but my saying, uh, voter ID laws are racist because black people are less likely to have a driver's license. The response is, oh, so you think black people are too stupid to get driver's license? It kind of sounds like Um, you're the racist. And I'm like, that's not what I said. Like, that's not even close, but they, they've walked away from the computer forever Mm. thinking, ha, I called him out for being a racist and I don't have to listen to him now. And those are tough because, not only did they are they ignoring me but they've walked away with the complete wrong message um almost worse than if they had not seen the video at all so
0: oh so then you feel (laughs) just like oh my god i just made it worse or something you know for that one person anyway Yeah. yeah yeah so so like so where you come at it and maybe there's a little bit of parallel here um you were kind of talking about wanting to sort of plant a seed for people to sort of like see society a little bit differently um I'm always saying that my videos are not the entree; they're the appetizer. You know, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need the compendium of all known information on this topic. I just need to make it interesting and entertaining, and get people to be like, "Wow, I want to know more about that," you know, and go go look up more themselves. And and if I were to, um, I guess my motivation would be more like on the science hesitancy or science skepticism conspiracy theory type stuff you know like i'm i, I want to plan enough seeds to get people to sort of like move away from from that kind of thinking you know like i guess that's what i'm trying to combat more than uh on a you know like a social thing but um <laughs> something that happened to me recently um talking about people just assuming and applying motivation to things i did a video on it was on moon mining but part of it we we talked a little bit about like space treaties And I guess it was the Artemis Accords is what I was talking about specifically, but it doesn't matter. Um, My editor put up a map of all the countries that have signed on to this treaty. Pulled from Wikipedia. And cool, looks good, put it up. And then I was like out out of town when that video came up. Well, uh, one of the countries that was on there was Ukraine. And this particular map (laughs) from wikipedia did not include crimea
1: yeah
0: <laughs> so i got accused of being a russian agent and working for putin and all this stuff and it was like i remember there, there was one specific one that just stands out that it was like there is no possible way this was a mistake
1: oh i hate when people do that yeah and i'm just like
0: <laughs> and here's a possible way i pulled it from wikipedia And I wasn't looking for all the potential world conflicts that weren't represented correctly on there. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. When people, uh, people say that all the time, uh, like, why did you lie about this? Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't lie. I just got it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever
0: think I might just be stupid?
1: (laughs) Like, I just said the wrong date. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It wasn't like I sat there, like I'm going to mess up the entire timeline of history by mm-hmm. you know saying mm-hmm. the wrong date I
0: think, you know we're talking about like uh how long you've been doing youtube
1: um i started the channel four and a half years ago almost okay. five yeah, so, yeah, yeah but full-time three years i would say mm-hmm. yeah um
0: i think there's something about <laughs> that constant researching of different topics and the interconnection of the different things that you talk about and just um, th- there's something about that that does i think change you Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure your videos and your perspective have changed quite a bit over the years. I know mine have, and there's definitely some stuff from early on that I just, Ooh, Oh yeah. I said that. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> actually here's, I, 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 I don't know the answer. I, I like asking people this question. How far back do you need to go in your social media, whichever one you want to pick? How far back do you need to go before you start cringing at everything that you say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought about this you know? a lot cause it actually, it moves,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. um, it, it sort of trails behind me by like two years, uh, I think it's not uh, that I, far, is it? Yeah. It, it's amazing. Once I, yeah. Once I look like two years back, I also, I'm like, Oh my God, these videos are so amateur. Like I'm sure, not yeah. framed correctly. The yeah, sound yeah. is terrible. All the stuff that I've learned that, I guess I don't even think about. Um, but but definitely some of my political opinions from early on uh i'm just like yeah i I can't believe i said that (laughs) there's a lot of stuff um that i've kind of put into a separate category of yes it's true but did i need to say it um okay which uh, let me let me so like babies once they're once babies are able to recognize themselves in the mirror they will prefer to hang out with people who also look like them. Mm. Uh, So toddlers like in, in like, not toddlers, but like babies still in diapers will self-segregate themselves at, at daycare Mm. into friend groups of people that look like each other. Is that true? Yes. There've been all kinds of studies on this, but did I need to say it? I said it in a video once. um, And And the takeaway from that is, I guess we're just born racist and therefore I don't have to work on fixing it because it's just evolutionarily programmed. Mm -hmm. So I am like, it's true, but did I, did I need to say it? Like, I think (laughs) it just makes things worse. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there are lots of videos where um, I just, I won't go back and look at them because I know I say stupid stuff. I'm like, oh, it's embarrassing. Um, a well, lot of my psychology ones, especially like, uh, oh, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: um, I said earlier that, that I, I like to try to get people out of like conspiratorial thinking and that kind of thing. Ironically, I think I used to be a lot more like that. Mm. And I, I, I was a lot more skeptical of science. I was definitely one of these people that was like, you know or or, or the, there's there's groupthink. there's uh there's there's scientific dogma that that you know kind of can't be and i definitely believed in the whole einstein thing that like one guy with a great idea can like usurp thousands of scientists around the world and stuff i still think like paranormal stuff like ghosts and aliens it's fun it's fun but i don't i don't believe i've gotten into so much heat for my my ufo video that i did well uap they're calling it now but um, back at early in the year when all that, the, the Pentagon report was yeah, coming out I was going okay Yeah. I did a video on that and it was very skeptical and I, you know, caught a lot of heat for it. And once upon a time I would have been one of those people giving the heat, you know, but, but I've just kind of gotten out where it's like, it requires more than just a blurry blob
1: yeah, over yeah.
0: five pixels and a security <laughs> camera or something, you know, it just, it, it requires more than that
1: yeah so, um yeah i remember learning about that especially with uh like fighter pilots mm. uh, a lot of people seem to think fighter pilots are beyond reproach and, <laughs> yeah. and they're I, yeah. I, they're uh i was told it, i
0: was i was disrespecting the, the yeah. troops for, for yeah. questioning like, yeah. oh
1: well if a fighter pilot saw it it must be true and i'm like you know i i I wasn't in a fighter pilot unit, but I've talked to enough of them to know that they're just like everybody else and they see stuff and they believe in conspiracies. Uh, Look Mm. how many of them are getting kicked out for not getting the COVID vaccine. Like they're just, they're just like everybody else. Um, Just like there are doctors and nurses who Mm. refuse to get the the vaccine. Uh, So I don't, I don't feel like a fighter pilot saying he saw a UFO is any more credible than any other person, really. Um, Perhaps even less so, because he's the only person who saw it out in the middle of the ocean and no one else was around. Um, So I've always been quite skeptical of of UFOs and and that sort of stuff. But the the recent buzz where everyone's like, no, they're real. The Pentagon has even said so there's a difference between being real and being alien, right? Um, or, <laughs> or unexplained, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Not real. Uh, but I almost, I, I almost, if that's sort of the, the reason your channel exists, I would say that mine is almost the opposite uh, in that I didn't start off skeptical. I started off as this is just how it is. There's no agenda behind Mm -hmm. it. Like all these people are just paranoid. Um, (laughs) and then I'm, I'm looking into it. I'm like, sometimes there is actually an agenda. Like this law was passed for this reason. And there was clearly an agenda behind it. So it's interesting that, uh, our channels, uh, have similar purposes, but in (laughs) science and and politics rather than, uh, you know, both science or whatever but, it, but i but think it's a similar
0: progress or process yeah. you know like just like i said for me it's just the more i researched all these little topics the more i realized how much i didn't know yes, going yeah, into yeah. it and then it's like wow okay yeah there's there's a lot more to this than i thought you know
1: that's every topic for me uh, yeah. where I, I pick something where i think it's going to be simple mm-hmm. um company towns is the obvious one uh since i'm working on it right now but um even something like ancient aliens where i thought it was just going to be a fun april Mm. fool's video um like i'm aware of the tip of the iceberg and then once i get there i'm like oh my this is enormous (laughs) so (laughs) then so then it becomes oh this is the whole thing now it becomes an exercise in okay well what can i fit into a video that's that's still interesting and Mm. comprehensive um
0: I because think I can watch that one of yours. Yeah. I bring up ancient, ancient ancient aliens all the time.
1: Ancient aliens is interesting to me, and I, I will admit, uh, when I was younger, I didn't believe it, but uh, I followed it a lot. Uh, in the same way that some people kind of point and laugh at flat Earth, I was mm-hmm. really into watching ancient aliens just because of how ridiculous it was, mm-hmm. and I thought it was an interesting way to learn history. Like I learned about Fair the Nazca. Yeah. yeah. Um. But only if you watch it and you're like, okay, well, how did they really do that? And you look up like yeah. how did they actually move these blocks and you learned how they did it rather than aliens? Yeah. so so I Those enjoyed were it not for that.
0: European people. It must have been aliens that did yeah, it. yeah,
1: yeah. Why do they have their skulls shaped like this? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. because um, I didn't learn that in school, but I learned it from TV and then did my own research after that. Uh, whereas most people i think just absorb it from the tv and accept the conspiratorial stuff yeah um but yeah right back
0: here (laughs) i've had these since i was a kid these mysteries of the unexplained books okay
1: (laughs) wasn't that a tv show
0: uh i don't know if it was a tv show if they just had infomercials about it all the time okay i definitely remember the infomercials but I grew up just obsessed with this stuff. And I, yeah, I was all into.
1: I know a lot of your videos are um, kind of centered around the conspiracy stuff and the UFOs and that kind of um, that stuff. So I was interested to know which angle you were coming from, whether you were a somewhat believer or a mm. um I guess it would be skeptic or someone trying to convince people out of that thinking, but you're clearly um, convincing people out, which is good.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and the funny thing is I used to, I used to hate the skeptics all the time. It was just like, everything was like, can't be possibly that. But it's like for something isn't as, as big as extraterrestrial creatures visiting earth. You just, the burden of proof is just so high, you know, and they have not, they have not achieved that yet to me anyway. You but think there's that also comes... some that are just so like if you know anything about how cameras work it's clearly a bokeh effect from a triangular <laughs> aperture on a, on a you know on a infrared camera it's, That's it's like
1: captain disillusion level uh, oh, yeah. deconstruction you're doing <laughs>
0: but i mean it's i i i went to school for radio tv film so i know a thing or two about cameras you know and and it's just like really simple stuff like that or or the parallax effect because you know, the
1: yeah things move at different speeds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the shot from that airplane of this thing floating above the water, the airplane isn't sitting still. Yeah. It's flying yeah. at like 500 miles an hour. And so of course you're seeing like the ground shifting underneath it. It makes it look like it's flying really fast when it's probably not moving very fast. Anyway. Um, so let's talk about something important. We've talked about all this society stuff. Uh, tell me about your ferrets. <laughs> I see him um, in the videos all the time. I just thought, you'd yeah, give you a chance to so, talk
1: about him. <laughs> um, well, when I was a college student, I lived in a place that didn't allow dogs or cats, but mm-hmm. I wanted a pet. Mm-hmm. Um, so caged animals were okay, and ferrets are caged. So I was, I was like, okay, I want a ferret because um, I, I had had other pets growing up, rabbits, gerbils, mm-hmm. all that, um, and I wanted a pet that actually cared that you were around and interacted <laughs> with you uh, um you know some some pets are more decoration really than than they are pets yeah. and uh, and and gerbils and such are are kind of on that level i think so i wanted a pet that um would interact with me and so a ferret was was what i got um so uh the ferrets I have now are Atlas and Peabody, and they are my third and fourth ferret ferrets. Um, and they're the first, it's the first time I've had two of them together. Um, it's always been one previously. I started the channel. Um, I had Wheatley, um, just, just the one, um, I got him after I came back from my deployment. So, um, he, yeah, we had like a somewhat special bond, um, (laughs) So they sleep, uh, like 22 hours a day. They don't make any noise aside from when they get up and move around, obviously, but they don't bark or anything. They don't meow. Um, so they're, they're great for someone like me who just wants like a part-time pet. Um, they have Mm -hmm. a, it's kind of a dog's personality in a cat's body. So Mm -hmm. they, they want to wrestle around and, catch the ball and all that kind of stuff. Um,
0: I've heard foxes described that way, that they're, that they're they're, software and dog hardware.
1: Maybe I don't know enough about. But, but but these, these are perfect for me. Um, And having two of them has definitely been an experience because um, one of them is the dominant one. And that's just kind of how it naturally is. Mm -hmm. So, for like the first year or so, I was really trying to stop that. Um, like one of them is beating up on the other, like you, you're supposed to, but, but <laughs> it's, that's like just how they naturally, you know, hierarchy themselves and right. uh, cause they, they're social animals. They live in groups and, and yeah. Um, so uh, it took me a while to kind of understand that this is how the heart hierarchy works. There's me, there's Peabody, and then there's Atlas. And then that's, that's just how it is. Cause I can't get in between the two of them. Um, it's not like brutal or anything. It's just one of them is clearly stronger than the other and yeah. wins all the fights. <laughs> so, <laughs> um,
0: as long as they're not hurting each other, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's definitely the, the playful kind. Um, but it, it's definitely been an experience uh, to have to. and and see them interact with each other. Um, so, so yeah, I, I put them in at the end of all of my videos. Um, when I'm streaming on Twitch, I have a ferret camera, so you can see them sleeping (laughs) if you you need more ferrets in your life. Um, but I, I think they're a great pet. Um, they, they came, uh, neutered and descended. Um, they're in the same, they're in the same family as, uh, skunks and weasels. Um, so they have a very strong smell if they're not descended. So I grew up, uh, hearing that ferrets stink and they're aggressive and all that. Um, and that may have been true in the eighties and the nineties, but now that (laughs) like they pretty standard, uh, they come descended, uh, and people, uh, who come over to my house, like a cable guy or whatever, uh, there when they see that i have a ferret uh, they're always like oh wow i couldn't smell anything i'm like yeah they don't smell i
0: <laughs> you know and they're,
1: and they're not like dogs or cats where they walk around peeing on and everything to mark mm-hmm. their territory or anything so you don't get that either um are litter box trained so oh cool i just have to clean that every week and that's
0: one time i really wanted a ferret Probably back in college, actually, kind of think of it. I, I, I It's funny. I kind of graduated through. <laughs> I don't want to say there's like a hierarchy of pets or anything. But from <laughs> from from weird pets to, I guess, normal pets. Yes, "quote unquote" normal.
1: I've definitely gotten more normal as so I've gotten older. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I I was really into reptiles for a while. I had an iguana. I made the ridiculously stupid mistake of getting a Nile monitor lizard one time. Jeez, which are basically crocodiles but yeah don't they get
1: really big like
0: yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know what i was saying i I was at a i was at like a reptile show or herpetological exposition or whatever do you want to use more syllables but um it was a beautiful lizard it was black and had little yellow spots all over it and i was like oh this is so cool and, and so I got it and it was just the meanest son of a bitch. Like it just, I couldn't pick it up. I couldn't do anything with it. I was scared of it and it just kept getting bigger. And, and then when I realized how, I mean, they are literally get to the size of like crocodiles. I was like, what the hell was I think? Like, anyway, I, I finally found somebody who would take it thankfully, but, um, but no, I had the, uh, I had lizards for a while. I, I actually had a pair of rats in my twenties. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why I was so single, but um. <laughs> The rats were great, actually. Um, it's funny because I would tell people I had a couple of rats, and they were <laughs> there was a white one and a black one, so I named them Crockett and Tubbs. And uh, but they were um, they were playful, and you could pick them up, and they would actually like um, fetch and stuff, and and they were cute. Like people would always be like, "Oh my God, do you have rats!" And then they come over and just be like, "Oh, they just go over to the cage and everything." Um, but anyway, yeah, it wound up. Getting married, and we had cats, and then we wound up getting dogs, and now we just have dogs.
1: So I'm much more of a dog person if it came down to just those two choices. Mm -hmm. Um I was
0: always a cat person,
1: really. Yeah,
0: Yeah. but um oh my god, they just they just shredded everything in our house, and we just constantly having to keep every inch of the furniture covered, and then they would pee (laughs) on everything and couldn't get the smell out. And, uh, uh, um,
1: yeah, no but, thanks. Uh, I can always tell when I walk into a cat owner's house. It's instant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I loved our cats. And and uh one of them I had for like 13 years, 14 years. He I actually lost him like just before the pandemic hit. Like, mm. like I had to put him down and then like the next week we we're all in quarantine. So I was
1: like, Jeez. Wow, oh, yeah, that's right
0: Um well we've been talking forever and yeah. uh, <laughs> this was cool though. I, I'm glad we did this. I mean, we, we only chatted that one time years ago and I always wanted to catch back up with you. Cause I, I love what you do. And, um, uh, you used the word bread tube earlier. What exactly? Yeah. I'm not sh- familiar with that. Um, uh, bread, bread, Joe for a second here.
1: <laughs> uh, bread tube is, uh, it's just the left. Okay. It's a socialist, uh, sort of leaning sub subsection. Uh, it's on Reddit. Um, mm
0: okay i'm trying that to think explains if there's, why i don't know what it means
1: yeah i'm trying to think if there's a like a right-wing equivalent and i guess it'd be uh i mean it'd be similar to the skeptic community on the right but where i'm talking politically skeptic community oh, okay gotcha um uh yeah or or the intellectual dark web perhaps if, if, <laughs> if you're familiar with that um
0: there's not really like anything like that on the science side that i'm aware of anyway I've never been a part of any group anyway, so oh.
1: yeah, yeah. There aren't a lot of teams on science in science, I guess, where well, we believe that water boils at this temperature. <laughs> no, you yeah. pretty much all accept the objective reality.
0: There are more like debunking channels mm. that are always like shooting down some new technology or something. Uh, I'm not really one of those. I'm, that's not my thing. I don't, I don't have the expertise for it. Again, I had an RTVF background, so I don't, I don't claim to be a scientist. I just kind of <laughs> talk about science stuff. Like, so, okay, just real quick, for example, um, there's, a th- there's a thing that's sort of like an offshoot of the, the double slit experiment called the delayed choice quantum eraser. It gets really complicated, but um, there's a, a creator and astrophysicist named Sabine Hassenfelder who is a legit astrophysicist and she did a video not too long ago that kind of was debunking other people's takes on the delayed choice quantum eraser and i was one of them Ooh. and so but like all these people you know on twitter and stuff like oh sabine called you out and i'm like then listen to her what you think i'm get defensive <laughs> about that no she's right i you know i probably got something wrong you know i don't have a an ego about that because i i know that's mostly over my head like i said i'm the appetizer i just get people interested in it and then they can go to sabine and get you know find out what i said wrong i I mean i I try to be as accurate as possible yeah
1: yeah no one puts out videos well i shouldn't say no one no one i know (laughs) uh, puts out videos that are knowingly wrong because they just want to make money or whatever yeah yeah
0: I'm sure somebody's doing it. But. Yeah, yeah, that's why I
1: said I had to clarify.
0: Uh well, cool. Well, I'll let you go. Um, since I've kept you this whole afternoon, but I, I appreciate
1: this, man. Um No, it was fun. I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity. To come on. Yeah. Um and I wouldn't have talked this long if if it wasn't engaging and fun to do. So
0: well, maybe we'll get to do it in person sometime. Maybe <laughs> we, we, uh maybe we can go to maybe we can go to VidCon and not go to VidCon.
1: Oh yeah, we can just hang out at some house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's my that's my goal for life is just to go places but not go to places. Just yeah, go, go to there, Disneyland but, be too but cool like hang out outside. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Well I appreciate it, man.
1: All right, thank you.
0: Big thanks to KB for sharing his time with me. I really enjoyed the chat, and as he says at the end of all his videos, now I know better. If you haven't caught his channel before, do go check it out. Just search Knowing Better on YouTube. He's kind of like my channel, but with social commentary, and he he does it with a lot of humor. So give him a look and and give him a follow if you like what you see. Today's intro music was provided by Christopher McDonald. If you'd like to submit an original piece of music to include in the show, just hit me up at any of my places online at Answers with Joe, and it could wind up in the podcast. This podcast was produced by Kimmy Britt, edited by Bray Brown, listened to by you. We'll be back in a couple of weeks or so with another episode. We've got some great guests lined up. So if you're not subscribed to this podcast, please do add it to your podcast feed and whatever your preferred podcast platform might be. And uh, yeah, please spread the word. It really helps grow the channel. As always, I'm Joe Scott. You can find me at Answers with Joe on YouTube and elsewhere around the interwebs. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and start some conversations of your own. See you next time.